Welcome to Aging in Style with me, Lori Williams. I'm an optimist by nature, and I believe you can follow your dreams at any age. My grandmother's journey with dementia ignited a passion in me to work with seniors. I've spent the past 13 years learning about seniors and aging. In my mid-50s, I followed my own dream and founded my company, where I use my expertise to help seniors locate housing and resources. On this podcast, we cover all aspects of aging. Join us each week to meet senior living experts and inspirational seniors who are following their dreams. The fact is, we're all aging, so why not do it in style? Hi, thank you for tuning in for today's show. So I was thinking about questions that I get over and over from people. And one of the top ones is really about COVID. So people who don't work in senior living, they're, you know, always wondering, okay, we hear so many things on the news, is it safe to move into senior living? Are people still moving in? What kind of safety precautions are taken? So just all those kind of questions that people have, I want to address those. And maybe you've wondered yourself. So if so, this is the show for you. So I want to begin with changes that we've seen in senior living communities due to COVID. So, you know, obviously, none of us <laughs> expected this on New Year's Day 2020. We certainly didn't plan for a year like this. And it has been, I would say, probably trying for all of us, right? So when COVID hit, like mid-March, you know, being someone who works in senior housing, you know, I was pretty concerned. I mean, I was concerned, one, for seniors who, you know, were in senior living. I was concerned for businesses and people keeping their jobs and myself included. So, and I think we all probably felt that way. But around, I would say by mid-April, we realized, you know, we're, we're going to have to take precautions, but we're going to continue on. And, you know, everyone went back to work and, and everything. So, we did the same in senior living. So, but what has changed, and that's what I want to talk about now, changes in senior housing. So we have, of course, independent living, which is completely different from assisted living and memory care and residential care homes. And these are the ones I'm going to talk about because they're the ones that I work with primarily. So there are also skilled nursing or nursing homes, which is kind of its own different thing. So we're not going to address that. We're just going to talk about senior housing that, that I help people find and move into. So with independent living, you know, in the beginning, of course, everyone was super restricted, but in independent living, it's not as restricted. And so I can give you an example. I went last week to help at a community and um, do root beer floats with their residents. So what that kind of looks like is, I go into the independent living and normally I would have just, you know, probably said, hey, I'm here to help. And, you know, that was pre-COVID. But COVID times, when you walk into the community, you immediately stop and there's like a desk, reception desk, plexiglass around it. And you have to use your phone. You know how you scan like, I forget what it's called. You know, with that little thing you scan, like when you go to restaurants now and the menu pops up, but the same kind of thing, you scan it, pops up on your phone, you log in put your name, uh, your email address, what company you're with, um, and then you answer a series of questions. And the questions are things like, have you traveled outside the country? Do you have, you know, those, the standard questions, you know, have you been around anyone with COVID? Do you have any symptoms? And then they take your temperature. So they do all that. You have a mask, of course. I was helping with these root beer floats. So went into their activity room, put on gloves, and we maintained, you know, six feet 
distance, social distancing. The residents came down. They all had masks on, you know, were sitting apart. They didn't sit right next to each other. So they do all those things to maintain safety. So that's, you know, the other thing that I've noticed when I'm in a community, I notice a lot more cleaning and spraying down of, you know, chairs and just spraying constantly. So I think um, those are kind of the main differences that I'm seeing in independent living. Also, in independent living, normally everyone would go down to eat together in the dining room for their meals. And, And I know it's different by community, but I can tell you this one that is close to my house, what they do is they sign up. If you sign up in time, then you're one who can be in the dining room because it's very limited to the number of people who are allowed in there. And then the rest of the people have their meals delivered directly to their door and they eat in their apartment. So family members can come and go. They do have to, you know, go through the whole check-in process, like I mentioned with their temperature and all of that, and they have to have masks and everything, but they can come in and visit. That's kind of what independent living is looking like. Assisted living looks a little bit different. And with assisted living, they follow the CDC guidelines, which is there's essential caregivers are allowed in, and that would be home health. So those would be people who are medical people. So physical therapist, occupational therapist, speech therapist, nurses, anyone like that can still come in and visit the resident in their apartment. Hospice, if they happen to be on hospice, their nurse and CNA or whoever's coming in, they can come in and visit them as well. And then a family member can be designated as an essential caregiver as well. And early on in COVID, this is where people were like completely freaking out, which totally agree, I would have been freaking out too, but they couldn't get in to see their family member. So this is when the CDC um, changed that so that a family member can be an essential caregiver. They have to have a COVID test, I believe, It's every 14 days, but they do have to have a COVID testing. And then add on to that, different assisted living and memory care, different communities are owned by different companies. They may have their own guidelines, which could be even stricter. So it's it's kind of different. You know, it depends on community by community. And things are always changing and evolving. And, you know, at this point... In this part of Dallas, where I live, the cases of COVID are going up. So we're seeing people are just tightening it in a bit and getting stricter because, of course, that everyone's goal is we want to keep our seniors safe. For visiting, we're seeing, you know, and you may have heard of this, like porch visits. They go to the porch and they can visit out there just kind of staying six feet apart with their mask on. No hugging, which is, I know, it's so hard, Right outdoor visits, window visits. We're seeing people do more and more of these um, Zoom calls with families. They're doing really embracing technology where the community will come in and do it with, uh, you know, with a senior with dementia, where they'll do a FaceTime or whatever with the family so that they can talk to them. So thank God for a technology, right? <laughs> so that's kind of what we're seeing like changes to what senior housing looks like in COVID. You know, we've had to, people have really had to, I think, think outside the box and, you know, make changes to keep people safe, but to still have some quality of life. So the second question is, are people still moving to senior living? And people sometimes are surprised when I'm like, well, yeah, people are still moving. And why are people still moving? Because that need has not gone away, right? I mean, this is a perfect example. I have a gentleman right now that I'm working with, and he is 88, I believe. Yeah, 88. He lives in his own home, 
but he's by himself. He has kids, but they live out of state. His wife passed away two years ago, and he doesn't cook for himself. So what he does is he goes to the grocery store every single day and he gets his food for that day and he's buying food that's already you know prepared i don't know about y'all but (laughs) i don't like going to the grocery store in normal times but especially in covid times i don't want to go to the grocery and i certainly don't want to go every single day and to me that feels like more of a risk to be in the grocery store every day when you're 88 years old rather than in a senior living community where your meals are being prepared for you and you don't have to go out. So that's what I'm working with him on. We're looking at retirement communities. Um, He wants one that has three meals a day. And he is also lonely, which of course, of course he's lonely. I mean, people aren't going out. And so he's really missing that whole piece of socializing. And he's just as cute as he can be. When I call him, we end up on the phone for an hour because obviously he's lonely, but he's really fun too. So it's it's fun talking to him. But that's a perfect example of someone who is needing to make a move for re- not medical reasons, but he's needing to move because he needs that socialization and he needs those meals. And even in COVID, it makes sense for him to go ahead and make a move to independent living. Um, we're also seeing people, you know, who... There's always going to be that need for assistant living. Uh, maybe they need help with bathing or dressing, or they can't get around well, they're a fall risk, whatever it may be. Um, or maybe they have dementia. And, you know, if you've ever been around someone with dementia, they repeat themselves over and over. They may not able to really communicate well. They may get angry with you. They may not make any sense. And that's a really hard thing to live day in and day out to be a caregiver for a family member with dementia and, you know, still trying to work and still try to raise kids. I mean, there's people out there who are living that every single day. I mean, bless them. I can't even imagine. So there is that need also for people to go into memory care, to go into assisted living. And just because we're living in COVID times does not mean that has gone away. That is still a need. So I will say, which surprised me, as I said, you know, when COVID started, I was pretty concerned. Like most people, I was concerned about my business, because this is my livelihood and and how I make an income for my family. And, you know, I was concerned. What has shocked me, and I feel so very thankful for is that this year with my company, we have helped more people than last year. I mean, we have had the best year ever in terms of working with seniors and helping them find senior living communities. So that kind of has blown me away <laughs> that that would be the case. So so hopefully that answers your question. Are people still moving to senior living? Yes, they are. Now, I will say that I have seen more people where it's more needs-based that they're moving. And so it's more memory care or into these smaller residential care homes. And with the care homes, I think people maybe feel, I don't know, maybe feel like a little safer because the care homes are anywhere from three to eight, sometimes 20, depending on you know how it's set up, people that, that live there. So you, you're not like in a super huge community with there are a lot of people, and I think um, I think it's just kind of you tend to feel a little bit safer that there's not as many people coming in and out, and also with the care homes, there's a little more flexibility in being able to come in and visit again because there's not so many people. So I think that is the reason why we've seen more of that. 
We still have people moving into independent living, but it hasn't been as many. And I think it's kind of sad, honestly, because I think people are holding back saying, I'm just going to stay in my house. I'm so scared of COVID. However, you kind of have to weigh, are they, you know, completely lacking socialization? They're lonely. Are they declining because they don't have that stimulation? So I feel like we kind of need to weigh that and see. So it may make more sense to go ahead and move into independent living. Are they still able to do activities in the communities? Again, yes. Does it look like pre-COVID? No, not exactly. But they are still doing activities. There may be like smaller groups involved because you have to do social distancing, of course. Um, They're not going out to the movies and to restaurants and to the Arboretum or, you know, wherever. I mean, none of us are really doing that, you know, like we were. But so they're, they're not able to go out and do that, those kind of group outing type things. They are still taking them on the bus if they have a doctor's appointment or a dentist appointment or whatever that may be. But, you know, they're still doing activities. They're still doing group exercise. You know, it just may look a little bit different. Not exactly how it was pre-COVID, but they're still getting that stimulation. And, you know, a good example is tonight my daughter works at a senior community and I went to pick her up from work and I could see inside the community and they had their Christmas trees up and all their lights and it looked so beautiful and when my daughter came out I said oh my gosh is it really pretty and she said oh yeah it looks it looks gorgeous and she said several of the seniors who lived there they were helping decorate the tree and I'm just like that's so wonderful. I mean, that is still continuing on. They were all being able to help. And, you know, that's another thing. It kind of made me think, if someone is still living in their own home, maybe they're not able to put up their Christmas tree or their decorations like they normally would have. And that's a huge plus of a community, because you can enjoy all that, because all that's going to be decorated and beautiful you can be a part of it if you want or you can just decorate your own apartment if you want or just hang a wreath on the door or do nothing at all but you know you still are going to be a part of that and get to enjoy the holidays so that kind of made me think about that and that that is also a way that seniors are staying active so on to another question can you still tour a senior community So that is a really good question. I get that one all the time. And yes. Okay, so this is kind of what it looked like if you've never toured a senior community. This is what it looked like. Pre-COVID, maybe you pick out three independent living communities that really sound good. You schedule an appointment. You go to your appointment. You meet the salesperson. They take you around to all the common areas. You see the library. You see the outdoor area, the garden, if they have it. You see their dining room, um, movie theater. Then you tour different apartments and you know find one that you like. Maybe you tour a one bedroom and a two bedroom. You know you just go all over the community. You meet different residents. You know and sometimes they'll come up and say, "Oh, we love it here. Join us. You know, hope you move in." And then you might stay and have lunch. Now, independent living, in some cases, you're still able to go in and tour just like you used to. And again, this is going to be community to community. Some may shut down if they have a case of COVID or a couple of cases, they may not allow any tours in. So it's all kind of like, you know, always changing, unfortunately, because of COVID. Now, assisted living and memory care may look a little bit different. And again, this is they're following CDC guidelines. 
each community may have their own rules and different ways that they're doing things. But typically what it's looking like for assisted living, you may go and have a porch visit with a marketer or salesperson. So you go there six feet apart, you have your mask on, you're talking about the community and they're explaining everything. Then they may send you a virtual tour where, you know, you have a, you know, a video that you can play back for yourself or your loved one, whoever you're looking for a community for. They may also do a virtual tour with you, maybe your home, and you don't even go in, you're on FaceTime, or you're on Zoom, whatever it may be, and they take you around the community, and they show you all the common areas, the dining room, (laughs) the apartments. So you kind of get a feel for what it looks like. And they're actually, I just had someone do one today. And she said, you know, it was actually pretty cool. So I think that that's good. We're trying to find ways to do it and, you know, still share that experience with people who are looking. So, so that's one way people are doing them still. And that's assisted living and memory care. It's a little bit tighter, obviously, because we have residents who have you know may have some medical issues going on they're a little more frail and we want to protect them and this is a question i'm getting a lot too what if i have a house to sell before i move to independent living are houses still selling during covid yes yes they are (laughs) and i will say in this area of dallas there's not much on the market. So it is a hot time to sell your house because there are people looking for houses and maybe can't find. There's just not as many on the market. So yes, people are definitely still selling homes. They're still moving. What I would advise for a senior who's selling their home, and I would advise this even pre-COVID, if you are able to, I would... Find your senior apartment, wherever you want to live, if it's independent living, assisted living, whatever you choose, go ahead and decide what you want to take with you, move in to that community, and then put the house on the market. And here's where we make it as easy as possible. I work with realtors who have the senior, it's SRES is the designation, but they've gone through training, they work with seniors, they know what it's like to have lived in your house 30 to 40 years, they're going to help you declutter and just make it as simple a process as possible. Because anytime you think of moving, I mean, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming to me. I've been in my house 23 years. I just don't even want to think about what I would find in my closets. You know, I just don't even want to think about it overwhelms me. So imagine if you're 80 years old and thinking about moving. It's a very overwhelming thought. So we have realtors who will come in and they have people they work with who will help you decide, like, look at the floor plan for the apartment that you're moving to and say, okay, you need this, this, and this, this will all fit, kind of lay it all out, get your approval, pack up those things, move them into your apartment, the rest of your things, okay, maybe you have a pile, and and they help you with this, this pile is going to go to Goodwill, this is going to go to my daughter, and this is going to go, maybe you have an estate sale, whatever it could be. So they help you get your stuff taken care of, sort it out, <laughs> figure out what you need for your new apartment. And then they can have people come in and stage your house, do everything that needs to be done, make it look you know fabulous, do professional photos. They do all of that. They put it on the market, sell your house. That is 
the easiest way. And if I had to move, that is the way I would do it. I don't want to move though. (laughs) But you know, at some point I will. But I love that there are so many services out there. And that's what we try to do is just connect you with these people because we want to make it as easy for you as possible and take the overwhelmingness out of it and just make it, you know, as easy as possible. So if that is kind of stopping you from transitioning into independent living or into assisted living, just know that we have resources and you can always go to my website, send me a message and, you know, I can connect you with resources to help you with that. And then my last question, and people ask me this a lot, why is it important to work with a senior living expert? So what I do in my business is I own a placement service. So I help people find senior housing. I help them find independent living, assisted living, memory care, residential care homes. And also I can connect them with all different types of services, like if they need home health, they need physical therapy, or if they need um, to be on hospice. So I connect them with all these resources, connect them with a realtor who can help them sell their house. And just kind of what I like to think of is just kind of put all those little pieces of the puzzle together and um, just make it as easy as possible. Why I think it's important, there are people who do what I do on a national basis, and that's fine. But I think it's more important. I think it's it's better to work with someone who is local, boots on the ground in your area. And this is why. There are certain things that are specific to an area. And if you're working with someone who's local, they've been in a community, they know, for example, the area I live in, there's another town that you have to get to by crossing a bridge. Well, a lot of people will not go over the bridge. That's just like, no, okay, it may only be five minutes further, but they're not going to go over the bridge. So I know I'm not going to send you to a community that's on the other side of the bridge from where you want to be, if that makes sense. So there's just certain nuances of different areas. And You only know it because you live there. And so that's why I think it's really important to work with someone who is local. They know these things. They also have the resources. So for example, if I'm working with someone and they're coming out of rehab and they need a home health company to come in and help them with, say, physical therapy, I know who I can connect them with. I know which community you know, maybe they want a community that has um, a garden. So I know which one has a beautiful garden with the raised gardening boxes or whatever they're called. I think they're garden boxes. Anyhow, the raised ones where you can be in a wheelchair and still garden. So I know those things because I've been in the communities in this area. I've been in and out of them all so many times and, and I know what they have to offer. Also, It's a small community of senior living people, and we all do talk. (laughs) So we know, you know, who has an opening, who's who's doing something really special. We just know all the stuff that you don't know unless you're in senior housing in a specific area. So that's a I think a really good reason why to use a local senior expert. And then why would you want to use a placement service to begin with? And the main reason is We save you a lot of time and effort, and my service is completely free. So to kind of explain how it works is I have contracts with all these different senior communities, so independent, assisted, memory care, and residential care homes. So like 99% in this area I work with. And if you were to come to me and say, Lori, I am looking 
for a independent living community that has three meals a day and that has a full kitchen in the apartment, not a kitchenette and washer and dryer. That's what I want. Can you help me find that? And this is the area I want. Well, yes, I can help you find that. But if you went online and searched, I want independent living, you don't know what you're going to turn up with. So if you go and Google, and here's a perfect example. This gentleman that I mentioned earlier that I'm working with, he said, I want a retirement community in this one town. This is the only place I want to be. So I'm like, sure, I've got one that fits that. (laughs) So he says, okay. And then he calls me back and he says, well, I just Googled and I found 19 that would fit that. Why aren't you sending me to those places? Well, because yeah, you found 19 senior communities, but let's take a look at what you found. Four are skilled nursing homes. You don't need that. Two are memory care. You don't have dementia. You don't need that. The rest are assisted living. That's not what you're looking for. And, you know, there was another one he found, and it was just a senior apartment. Well, he wants meals. They don't have meals there. So that is why instead of, I mean, you can go on and Google and find all kinds of information, but you may not find what is going to work for you, you know, specifically that's going to meet your needs. So when I speak with a new client, we talk about what the care needs are, you know, do you have care needs? Do you just want, you know, an apartment? What size apartment do you want? You want a two bedroom? Okay, I know who has two bedrooms. What area of town do you want to be in? What is your budget? If you tell me your budget is 2000 a month, I'm not going to send you to places that are 4000 a month. You know, these are just the things that we look for. Like, say you want to be able to bring your dog. Maybe you want a swimming pool. Some have swimming pools. So these are the things that we have access to all this information and know have been, have visited most of these communities and can really fine tune your search so that you're not just kind of Googling and finding 19 places in your area thinking they're all going to fit. And then you're wasting your time calling them and finding out, oh, this is a skilled nursing home. That's really not what I want. (laughs) So those are reasons why it's important to work with a placement service, a senior living expert like myself. And then also, I really believe why it's really a benefit to work with someone who is local and can uh, help you really fine tune that search. And best of all, our service is completely free. And the way that I keep my service free is that all these different communities I mentioned, I have contracts with them. So if I send you to one, and you decide, okay, this is the one I want, you move in, then they pay me a fee. And then that fee is how I can keep working and doing what I do, producing the podcast and all this other stuff. And I can keep this a free service for you. And that being said, my whole purpose in this business is really to be a resource and to be a guide for you. And say, I want to stay home, but I need a caregiver. I am more than happy to connect you because I have all these different professional resources. So I'm happy to connect you with someone who can come to your house and, you know, provide care. I'm happy to connect you with someone, explain to you what hospice is, how it works. These are all things I don't get paid for that, but that is, you know, what I do and what I enjoy doing is to help people get answers to questions to help either, you know, for themselves or their senior family members. 
So I hope this has been educational and I hope I've answered your questions about COVID and senior housing and how that has been affected and how not to be, I mean, don't be scared about moving into senior housing because I think in some cases it can actually be safer than being, you know, in your own home, like the gentleman I mentioned earlier, going to the grocery store every day. So, um, and again, you know, there's just a need still, the need doesn't go away just because we have COVID. So hope this answered some questions and please be sure to visit my website because I have lots and lots of information there. You know, we have different blog posts and so many other podcast episodes. I think we're up to 23 now. So lots of information out there. And of course, if you have a specific question, you can always send me a, a message. There's a contact form on my website and it's Lori. L-O-R-I, Lori Williams-SeniorServices.com. Thanks so much for listening as always, and I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.